Hey guys, welcome back. Um, all good podcasters are on holiday at the moment, so we're back because we're shit at podcasting. So we're back early on in the year to give you guys something to listen to while you're lying on the beach, cooking your barbies, doing whatever the hell you're doing while we're working double shifts. Uh, we go into, we talk about New Zealand cycle classic coming up. We talk about George's new national champion kit that he's got with UAE, Team Emirates. Uh, I'll give you a little injury update on a current injury and run through basically every single injury I've had in the past. Uh, Jonesy talks about dance moves. Mm. Uh, are men more arrogant than women on the dance floor? Let us know. Like, share, subscribe. I'm not, I'm not prepared for this. This is going to be a good one. I can sense it. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! With fucking G. Are we? Ah. Oh, I'm so excited. Well, you can't impeach somebody that's doing a great job. From Suit Chin, Kendo Kerr. Bruce <laughs> George Bennett, you deserve this, big fella. What's that salute? <laughs> he's, he's put the finger straight through the one pie. We mm. try and create a comfortable environment. There's no bullshit. There's just so many of them, aren't there? They just don't like it. Nelson, be proud. Yeah, baby. 2022, boys. And as we promised to the listeners, 2022 was going to be our year. And other than the fact that the... George is still in the intro that he hates. The Bangladeshis mm-hmm. are taking control of the Black Caps, and the mm-hmm. fact that there's a new variant running absolute rampant across the world oh, no. and bringing in heavy restrictions. Other than that, so far so good for me. So mm. far so good. It's well, our year. The, be- the best thing is you got to play that song you love on repeat. What's that old Lang Sai or whatever? Old Lang Sai. Oh, you're, yeah. obs- you're obsessed with that. You, you played in bloody October. Yeah. Old no. old Lang Sai. Old Lang Science, yeah. a new New Year's Eve song. Do you not play it on New Year's Eve? Old yeah, one. Lang Syne, take a couple kindness yet for days yeah. of Old Lang Syne. How was your, how was your Christmas? Is it, <laughs> is it, is it, I don't know. Is it's, it, uh, Japanese? Is no, it's Lang like Gaelic. Sai. I think it's Gaelic mm. or something. Eh? Do well, you I guys have, have um, one of those? Christmas songs. The only Christmas song that went around ours, and I probably went around your both your houses, was um, "How to Make Gravy." Paul mm. Kelly. Oh yeah. yeah, but some people question if it's even a Christmas song. It is a Christmas well, song. Twenty first of December. Yeah. Exactly. That's the good people who the people who question if that's a Christmas song also question if Die Hard's a Christmas movie, and yeah. they're also unvaxed. <laughs> mm. Probably, yeah, there, there's a lot of people that have a deep-seated mistrust in other people. Think, yeah. Do you know the story for that? Is they asked Paul Kelly, they said, write a um, Christmas song. Mm. And so he said, all right, I'm going to write a Christmas song about a guy in jail who's missing Christmas. Yeah. I mean, it's a unique take on a Christmas song. I mean, who was um, last Christmas? George Michael. He could have gone a bit more mainstream, but I, I quite like what he's done with How to Make Gravy. Um, yeah. how too. was Christmas? Merry Christmas, by the way. Yeah, Merry yeah. Christmas, mate. Merry Christmas. Mine was full on. I um hosted Christmas for the first time ever, and um now I understand. Remember when you're a kid and you used to see your mum running around? She just looked fucking stressed, and you couldn't mm. work it out. You'd be like, "Why are you running around? Just like drop your tools, go play with some GI Joes, and you'll be fine." And now, <laughs> now I get it. I get it mm. because I did eight well, and a half days the inside the house. It's just it's rubbish. It's cleaning. And the thing that really fucks you off at the end of the day is when you're cooked and everyone keeps telling you, just sit down and relax. Don't vacuum the shit off the floor. Like, just fine. It's like, 
No. Like, I've got a fucking job here. I'm going to see it through to the end. Oh, did you and do the old then, vacuum? You did the old vacuum while everyone's still there as a sign of, like, I'm cleaning up now, guys. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The, the vacuum in the mm. background's a sign to like start yeah. winding it down yeah. because like you I'm done. You, you're just interrupting any conversation that's happening. No one yeah. can talk, and you're basically uh, saying, you say, "Feet up, feet up." Out of my you, you know, have a yeah, yeah. And then I've got that real dry uncle. He's fucking hilarious, and he'll pop his head in when me and the old man have spent an hour doing dishes, covered in sweat, and he'll pop his head in when it's all done. He'll go, "Need a hand, fellas." And then I'll go, "Mate, it's already done." He goes, "Oh yeah, hang on." And he grabs a wet tea towel, puts it on his shoulder. And goes out and said, any other dishes, guys? Like, we're just wrapping things up here. <laughs> He's done fuck all. He's just a legend, though. Yeah. I was like, chapeau. Well played. He just loved putting the wet tea towel on the shoulder and walking around for a minute. And that was mm. it. That was Picking up the odd cup. Me, yeah. me, and Hannah, me and Hannah were on dessert this year. So uh, I said to Hannah, what would you like to make, you know? And mm. she... Um... <laughs> In that voice? <laughs> yeah. She wanted to make a crumble. Um so we went around to mum and I said, oh, it crumbles, you know, it takes 45 minutes or whatever. Let's just make it there. You know, once the oven's free, once the turkey's out or whatever, we'll whip the crumble up. And then once we'd had dinner, I said to Hannah, oh, we better make that crumble, eh? She's like, yeah, yeah. And then I just sat there and just drunk beers while Hannah made the crumble. It was perfect. Yeah. yeah. Well played. How was yours, George? Yeah, same. Full gas. And my dad's the version of my dad was the... Um, Uncle. He, like, yeah, well, no, no, he, he's he's onto it, but he just hates like he wouldn't let a piece of wrapping paper hit the floor, you know? He'd be there with the rubber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As, as a kid, um, he even banished, like, we did a bit of a round. So we, like, went to people's houses to unwrap presents, like brothers, sisters. And so so there just wasn't wrapping paper at our house. Like, he doesn't care what goes on at Christmas, as long as there's no fucking wrapping paper on his floor. <laughs> so, um, but I just feel like the whole period was pretty hard. Like, I mean, really enjoyable. But as a pro cyclist, like, I just think since I got home, you know, we had, stag do's like for some reason like all my friends stag do's in new zealand have all graduated into two-day affairs friday saturday night um nothing wrong with so that had that had a christmas had boxing day test match which is a big day then we had a wedding then we had new year's and i'm just thinking like as a pro cyclist this is actually like as much as it's such an enjoyable time it's such a hard time to navigate because mm. you have to you know like obviously for other people it's a silly season you can just launch every day doesn't matter you don't know if it's tuesday or saturday or it doesn't it doesn't matter you know it's just this weird limbo but as a cyclist you you know you're thinking okay i got christmas enjoying christmas but tomorrow i got boxing day cricket but somewhere in the in the in between all this and a wedding and a new year's eve and all this i've got a 25 hour week full of efforts that you mm. have to get through you've so got to um to jump through You've got to pick your battles this time of year as a pro cyclist. That's the number one thing, yeah. eh? Because the reality is there's always, like, let's say between Christmas Eve and New Year's Day, there's maybe two, I'd say, two unavoidable days where you you mm. you want to hey, you want to you want to have some beers, you want to enjoy it, you want to put the feet up, and you want to be allow yourself the freedom to maybe have a an easy day or a rest day schedule for the day after so that you can relax a little bit but mm. then there's but then you get the weddings and the stag do's and things that get chucked in the middle there so then you've got to you've actually got to make them avoidable days you've got to find a way to like rein it in on those days because you've got the unavoidables coming up you know what i mean yeah you've got it you've got yeah, to pick and the problem is everyone's everyone comes in with you know off a huge run-up like they've been locked down in COVID all year Dublin in winter or whatever. So everyone's coming off the back fence into these days, absolutely excited. 
and and you know you don't want to be the sales tech that's not bringing the energy or that's not matching their energy mm-hmm. and like so that coming and fizzed up and and they show up to a party with two 24 boxes you know what <laughs> hold on <laughs> <mate>. <laughs> that, that math doesn't add up <laughs> two of them <laughs> so and like and you go and oh and you just get this little bit of dread like as much as i'm excited that it's summer and i'm with all my mates and everyone's having a good time you just know that like i'm just kicking the can down the road here like as much as i it's it, it's always like the every action has an equal and opposite reaction it's mm-hmm. the whole thing of like a zero-sum game so like however good of a time you're going to have today you're going to have a far worse of time tomorrow as a pro you know it's you, is that the same no rule in news is it the same rule in New Zealand? Whatever grog you take to someone's house, you have to leave regardless of whatever's left over. You can't take grog home. Oh, you never take uh, grog home. Does that... No, you never really take grog home, unless it's a fair chunk of it. But no, nah. you take what you nah. drink and you typically you drink it. And if there's a bit left over, you leave it. Yeah. And the only time you can is if the person insists. Like, hey, Bills, you've left yeah. half a slab in the fridge. Yeah. Go for Look, it. Mate, yeah. I'm, actually, I don't want I'm it. Not gonna shit, drink, you know? I'm not going to drink this bottle of wine, mate. I don't drink wine. Take it with you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then you drink on the way home. But um, I always, like, if someone leaves it, I never go, I take that with you. I'm like, no, fuck it. Like, I'll put on yeah, a show. Yeah. That's tax. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, you have supplied all the food, typically, if you're the host. Yeah. Hold on. Mute me, Jonesy. I've got to answer this call. Righto. Um, <laughs> what else is news, Bills? <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have him back. It's good to have him back, GB. <laughs> we, were, we were supposed to be doing the show an hour and 45 minutes ago and yeah. it's just been pushed back pushed back because george had something he needed to sort out pushed back pushed back and now he's finally here and he's taking a call nine minutes in yeah but the best is like he we, we knew he was coming in red hot like he was coming in red hot we i was just waiting oh, for him to fucking what, explode oh he's back talking about my morning yeah mate what a i was furious today. Do you know, i had to walk home from my bike ride so i've had a couple of <laughs> I'm just adapting to the side of the world and new equipment, you know, you always have better trying to work out basically how the hell it works. And because it's the, um, the summer period, today's a day off, obviously around the world stat day. So I was out riding this morning and I snapped apart on my bike, a shifter, and, um, I must've damaged it in the car over new year's. I don't know. But anyway, I was stuck in the biggest gear. In the middle and and the worst part about this is i was having like a pretty easy recovery day and i decided to like take this gravel path home like this gravel road through the forest and i was in the middle of the forest no cell phone reception no cars drive that road because it's a forestry track and it was up a hill and it was like quite far from a sealed road so i start this road snap this shifter and then go shit stuck in my biggest gear and you can't change what gear you're in. Well, I didn't know that you can at the time. I've since learned there was a million ways around the situation with Campagnolo if, if I had been educated about it, but I hadn't. So I walked this bike out of this forest, ride home the rest of the way into the road in my biggest gear, rooted, because I'd just done like crazy hard block the last few days. And then I get home and I'm like, right, how am I going to fix this? Because tomorrow I'm leaving for the Tour of Wellington. First bike crash of the year. We'll touch on that in a minute. But um so I'm going, what do I do? I can't, I'm just going to have to pull out Tora Wellington because it's that for sure they won't have a Campagnolo shifter in New Zealand and, or whatever, whatever's wrong. 
And then I remember I actually brought some stuff home, but then I was like, well, I don't know how to put it on because you've got to bleed the brakes and this and that. So I had to do like the ultimate asshole move and ring a mechanic on his day off from Village Cycles and say, mate, oh, I actually went up to the owner and said, can you, what do I do about this? And he had to ring one of his mechanics, day off, a couple of days after New Year's, summer holidays, drag him in, sit there, fix my bike. And then I realized this whole time I could have just changed one setting in an app on my phone and avoided the whole situation. <laughs> you have, um, at least you ticked all the boxes of what people think bike riders should be doing these days, though. You went out on your road bike on a gravel road. You took a walk yeah. midway through. You, you didn't and, pad the bike yeah. in the back of your car, so you've you probably you, broken something. You ticked all the boxes yeah, for the alternative bike. For the alternative bike rider, you ticked every single box. Yeah, like you say, except for the Instagram post. Mm. I've been feeling a bit attacked lately on that front, actually, because like I feel like you know I've seen quite a few articles from different pros saying like you know pro cycling is becoming you know they're all robots. Everyone's a robot. There's no no one has the passion. It's all about just hitting numbers and riding numbers and power numbers and weighing your food and this and that. And you know no one's got the spirit. And it's all about these guys going on these epic adventures, gravel rides and overnight trips and bloody you know, finding the love of the sport and all the stuff. I say, fuck that. I think that if you're prepared to go and do, like what I do, weigh your food, bloody, right now you're eating, go and doing like 10 reps of the same hill with a certain power, staying at the exact same watts, not being able to ride with anybody because you're training for that day is so antisocial that it's like three hours worth of efforts. I would say that you've got more passion than anybody for the sport because... Mm. You're prepared to go and do that. I mean, it's, yeah. no one enjoys that, but you like yeah. bike racing so much and you like being a professional cyclist so much that you are prepared to do all that stuff. Whereas all these people going, oh, these just sheep, you know, just bloody, these guys don't love it. Uh, they need to just find the passion again and just ride and, and then have the adventure. And like the adventure is being on a bike race and being, the, we're so privileged to be able to be on this adventure, right? Of, of like a grand tour, let's say. Let's, let's mm. say the Giro the 2018 Giro for you girls what an adventure that was you know like mm. and and it was so much better because you were good and you were able to contribute and you were ripping the shit out of it because you'd gone and ridden up and down the same hill 10 times and not just been like Instagram cyclist riding around on gravel complaining that pros are all just um you know what well, I'm trying to articulate it the, the thing is that like we still do those things we still go out and and ride for pleasure and only pleasure, you know. Sure, it's a, a smaller amount of time. We ride for pleasure all the time because we enjoy it. We wouldn't be doing it otherwise. But we still go and do gravel rides and stuff. We did that gravel race in bloody October or November or whenever it was, you mm. know, like a couple of weeks into the off-season just for fun. Did you put um, it on Instagram? Yeah, fuck yeah. Yes, I ran the shit yeah. out of it. Um, you got some good but, mileage out of that, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I grabbed it for about three weeks, I think, in different posts. I even used it on the social distance podcast Instagram. Yeah. Oh, mate, I bleed it. I bleed. milk that, that cow. Tit bleed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate what you didn't do in that situation is attack anyone. You know, didn't. Hmm. Well, I didn't go out for cycling news and say, "Yeah, no. pro cyclists like, all just." I agree. Like the fact of the matter is, you're a professional bike rider. To be the best professional bike rider you can be, there's a whole lot of goals you have to kick and a whole lot of boxes that you need to tick that aren't necessarily the most desirable thing for say a recreational bike rider to do and that's probably why they don't do them it's why they don't do them but the fact of the matter is when it's a mm. profession and you want to be the best you can be 
you have to do them. And the fact that we can do them in our situation, George, now for for um, years on years on years and days on days on days shows that you're actually pretty fucking driven, in my opinion. You know? Yeah, and you're passionate well, you about know. it and you do have the love for the sport. Because that's yeah. what I feel like I've been accused of is I don't feel like I've, I haven't given this much pretense here. People are like, why is there's been a few articles going around about like just from various pros that have just sort of kicked out about like how pro cycling is just this, you know, monotonous robotic sport with no je ne sais quoi, you know, no passion, no nothing, you know, and I'm going, well, I disagree because the harder we, you know, the, the more intense that we get embroiled in these like little things of, you know, weighing your food, stretching, going to the gym, all these little things that people claim to make the sport boring, I think they make it more exciting because the harder you work, the harder you, you know, the more direct the result that you get back out of it. And I just feel like there's been a few of those, and I'm I'm pushing back and saying that the fact that I am on the road bike, not on the gravel bike, or not doing, you know, I'm almost the. Um, it used to be the thing where you would be like, actually, Rich, a friend of mine said this to me in Drona. He's like, he felt like the alternative guy going out on his road bike you know and going out and doing episodes on his road bikes that now feels alternative because there's so mm. many people that are doing the alternative thing of going out on the gravel bike and and then doing the missions around town and and yeah. and you know that actually going out and knocking out efforts is actually a rarity now do you, do you think there's that there's a, a place of, there's mm. a bit of underlying those people that train differently or go on the gravel and that do they get results as a as a byproduct of that or do you think there's an underlying if it is from a pro that's sort of moved on or looking back at their career, they're sort of like, fuck, you know, I didn't get the results that I sort of wanted, but I can spin it away that it was because of this passion thing or whatever. But as you said, if you want the results, you want the goals that you can't just be given that it's a process you've got to follow. Mm-hmm. So there's underlying, if they're in a good spot mentally, they'd be like, fuck yeah, sweet, do whatever you got to mm-hmm. do. But if they start coming after them, that's because there's something within them to call that out. That makes sense. This is getting but, psychological yeah, it's just, analysis. It's, here, just but... a, it's just a time and a place for it all. Like, I love to go and ride my gravel bike as much as George does, you know? And there's days where we can do that, and there's times where we can do it, and mm. there's a lot of other times where we've got to go out and do 10 re- repeats of a hill. Yeah, that's it. go and train by yourself. Like, today I went out and did three hours, and I couldn't ride with anybody because I had to just basically, you know, chug along pretty solid for three hours. You just – you've got to do them. You've got to – there's, there's a definite time and place, and you can see the evolution of the sport over years. We spoke about it, I think, on the Detour podcast, Jonesy, when I spoke about how I, how I do a bit of running now. And, you know, yeah. I'm not the only one. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of professional bike riders that run now. Maybe not all year, but they do a lot of running this time of year and in certain blocks throughout the season. That's the evolution of the sport. That's something that, you know, um, coaches and athletes have worked out to be an aid in your performance. But you can going out and doing, if you've got a four-hour cruisy endurance day, yeah, go out in the dirt. Go out on your gravel bike and ride some different quiet roads. Go for it. But at the end of the day, cycling is a fucking basic sport, and there's a couple of fundamentals that you can't avoid. You can't mm. avoid them, and you have mm. to do them, and they can be boring as batshit, but if you want to be a professional cyclist at the, the, the best level that you can be, I'm not saying be the greatest. Like you, Everyone's got their own abilities. But to, t- to feel like you're going to reach the top of your abilities, there's some fundamentals that you need to tick off. It's like a cricket team, mate. Like any fuck, you, the Black Caps are standing, they're playing right now. They're getting actually dealt to a little bit by the Bangladeshis. I went to the first day of the, on New Year's Day in the cricket. I sat on the grass for seven hours. It was fucking hot. It was 35 degrees. I walked away there, sunburnt, thirsty, <laughs> hot. I was uncomfortable. 
Imagine those guys <laughs> standing out in the field. Mate, they would much rather be playing backyard cricket with a couple of cold ones. And there's days they do that. But they can't avoid the fact that they're going to go and stand in the nets for five hours a day sometimes and fucking face 300 balls. That's well, just how, the fundamentals well, of cricket. If you thought England cricket side were fucked, how's the, um, the net bowlers <laughs> tested pause? So they've got no one to chuck agates at them. Oh, no. <laughs> so the nets are just empty. And they're like, geez, the two has gone from bad to worse. I was like, oh, they just can't get a break. The to them now. They, yeah. it's, like, it's like when you're riding and you're having like a real bad race and you're like, it's like day five of a grand tour and you already know you're just absolutely creeping and you're like, the only way out of this, there's two ways out of this. I suffer for another 16 stages um, and suffer for 16 stages and finish this race and I'm, you know, it's going to be absolute torture because I'm already creeping or I hit a pothole and break my collarbone. That's kind of like what the England cricketers be thinking right now. Like, come on, test positive. Those I had a hotels licking, licking doorknobs. Just I had a great story from a former bike rider who said he was riding the Vuelta in like, you know, mid-2000s and he had a big night the night before and he was just hung. He was meant to be doing the sprint and there was a big pile-up with a K to go and he just jumped in it. Like, he, he could have avoided it. He just rode into it and supermaned it just so he didn't have to do the sprint because he was crook. See, they say cyclists don't have flair. There's fucking flair for you. I yeah, love it. Yeah, there's flair for you. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No. But, um, hey, um, yeah, and, and so how have you dealt with you? If you if you're struggling with that criticism, George, how have you dealt with the criticism of the um of your New Zealand champions jersey? Have you seen that? It's been going oh, through. Jesus. Twitter like I saw the fuck, I didn't think it, I didn't think anything of it. I thought, oh yeah, it's nah, neither. new kit. He's gonna have it for a month because he's sure as fuck not winning it back to back after well that's exactly comments it. about I'm the not intro. Do a race in it. So people are up in arms that I've gone mm. from a fully I mean what people are forgetting is our primary sponsor is a country. Yeah. So what why are you are you gonna go, Hey, let's make this all about New Zealand? No, they want it to still look like the UAE jersey because that's mm. It's like, well, if, if there's two, countdown there's two was given out spectrum. Super... Mm. Like, like, you've got, okay, let's say UAE, like, um, historically, like, they haven't had great, attractive looking national champions jerseys, like Formalos and things like, you know, they're, they're not amazingly attractive for the for the person who wants to buy them. But the, they've taken the thing and said, well, no, we're a country, we're sponsored by a country, we're, we, our money comes from there, we want to promote our sponsors, we want to promote this this region this country so that's our our priority and then if we have a national champion great we'll reflect that in some way or shape or form but our main goal with the shirt is to promote what we're trying to promote then you go to mm. the other end of the scale when you've got france de jour with mark Matteo, who's you know arguably one of the most romantic french bike riders in history who believes in having no sponsors on his jerseys so like if you have You're only for the french one I mean, if, yeah, I reckon nah. if I rocked up to France de Jure with the New Zealand National Championship jersey, he's not going to think twice about putting Lapierre mm. across the back of it. He's just like Viva la France, bloody. Yeah. So, but he, but that's yeah, the other think... end of the scale, you know. He has the French National Championship that has nothing on it other than the French bands. And then every other team yeah. sits somewhere in the middle where they find a bit of a mixture of, you know, promoting the fact you're you can tell by the. Sacrificing. You could tell by the nature of the comments that it was the 1st of January and everybody was hung over and pissed off because, geez, yeah. a lot of barbs out there, eh? Yeah. I've, I've got an idea. It just comes to, you know, you don't like the intro and we need to change it. 
What do you do mm. with your old kit? Have you got like an old national jersey lying around from last year? Surely. Yeah. So yeah, why don't we? Why don't we say to people, "Here's a, here's a competition. D- do a new intro for the show, and the best one, George is going to sign one of the old national jerseys, and we'll send it to you. That oh, way, like you get your new intro, outsource it. They get a signed jersey, one of the good ones that your old man didn't yeah, know right. what the fuck was going on. And then you get your new intro, you get rid of one of your tops. Everyone's a winner. Mm. I don't have to do shit. Great. Well, I'll never race in that jersey, like you said, Bills, <laughs> because next week is, um, or tomorrow's the Cycle Classic, which I was pretty excited because they announced the lineup. It was me, Sam Buley, Shane Archibald, oh. Anton Cooper, and no idea who the original fifth one was. But anyway, <laughs> Anton Xander got hit by a car, broke his wrist. Oh, Xander White, that's what it was. Oh, he's still there, though. So, oh, maybe, I don't know. Anton got hit by a car, broke his wrist. Um, you the mullet. What's the mullet doing? Well, as far as I'm concerned, he's still coming, but he's a pretty elusive guy. So let's see if he makes it. But I just He'll saw that you've been replaced by a. Hold on, Iron Man athlete. Oh yeah, Mike Phillips. I think he's an Iron Man. I like he's an Iron Man champion. Yeah, I have been replaced, though. That's what you're getting at, George. I am actually, um, believe it or not, yeah, uh, carrying, another, carrying another injury. Uh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> it's, not my, it's not my first one. I'm still hoping it's going to be my last one, but we can't guarantee when that When you either. retire, your internal, you're going to look like Iron Man. <laughs> Just be no, like brackets, have... bones, screws. Can you give you're going to really struggle to last... get... Yeah, yeah. Let's go. What? Let's just run through from... We could either there's two ways to approach this. We can either go the last 15 years chronologically, or we'll just go from head to toe down. But you just run well, off. I, I actually did the other day. I did just as a in my pro professional career, professional road career. So if not including it on the track before that, or mountain biking when I was younger, or whatever. Just my professional road career, and I just went from my fingertips to my shoulders. And it was something, it was like, well, what is it? I can run it off quickly. It was four fingers, three hands, two wrists, one of which is, was a reconstruction that I had last year. These um, are breaks, broken breaks. bones. Yeah. Two, two arms, three elbows, and four shoulders. So that's the count <laughs> from the fingers to the shoulders in the last 14 years. <laughs> and you also stuffed your knee. Done my knee. A and few you stuffed times. your foot. My foot, my hips. Oh, um, you had hip surgery. Probably every rib. You are a cycling's um, version of a crash test dummy. <laughs> so I was talking to you about this. We had a theory like, okay, is it bone density? Is it how he falls or whatever? Did, yeah, did you but drink I milk think, as a kid or what? Yeah. Huh. Carry on. But we, I've settled on the, the, the thing that it's just long. It's just leverage. It's just physics. Because mm. he's got a, he's tall and his extremities are, you know, wide. So mm. he's... It's like the the out the extremities are traveling a lot faster by the time the, the taller you are, the faster your extremities are falling when you hit the ground. Mm. So he's hitting the deck at, you know, I might be hitting it at 50k an hour and he's hitting it at 80k an hour. Mm. And I've also had a, a, it's not bone density because that was looked into and it's mm. not that. And I think one of the main other things is like, I've put it this way, I've had more crashes than I've had broken bones, probably, you know, just. 
just. Mm. But um, I've had a lot of bad luck sometimes, mm. just the way way mm. the crashes have happened. Like the one at the Tour de France last year. Oh, when I yeah, broke my, bullshit. When I broke my wrist, like I was on the other side of the bunch. I, I yeah, what effectively is... effectively avoided it, and then we were going so fast, my front wheel hit a hole in the grass, and that was it. When I broke one of my arms, I um, I crashed, and I was a fine crash, but my arm, like I guess the leverage thing, swung out and hit a like a signpost and broke my arm. Um, yeah. When I when I broke my hand in Roubaix, I got taken up by a fucking team car coming back from a puncher. Mm. Um, you know, like none of these things are my fault. Like, I'm nah. not that, not that nah. irresponsible. But it's weird no. how it goes like that, right? Like I went like eighteen months without a crash. And then I crashed three times in a row, just like couldn't stay on my bike. And I was like, what am I doing wrong here? But it's just sometimes that's how it goes. For 18 months, everyone was crashing around me and I happened to not crash. Yeah. And then some, you know, like there's no, there's no evenly spaced, like you have a crash every six months. Mm. It's like you might have 15 crashes in five years and then you might not crash for the next 10 years. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, it's, I'm out of the New Zealand Soccer Classic now because I have got a broken shoulder. It's actually all right. I broke it um, uh, about five and a half weeks ago uh, in a training crash. Like, first week out of MIQ, I crashed out training. And um, I did – initially, we thought it was just my AC joint. I just, like, separated my AC joint quite in a, quite a minor way. So, um, three days later, I was back training again on the road. I did 10 days training on the road. But then the shoulder didn't really respond to the rehab like we like it should have. Um so we did a little bit more investigation and we found out that there was a break and effectively, I don't want to confuse the listeners, but let's put it in simple terms, a break in the shoulder blade. But you um, also have bad luck with surgeries. Like you get surgery and then you go, nah, they fucked it. <laughs> or they, they missed it or, you know, they didn't look at the bloody x-ray properly and they go, oh, actually that was a clean did snap. The wrong we shoulder. missed that. There was a thumbprint over the, the crack. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, after the, after I, the, my wrist, um, um, surgery last year I didn't fucking leave a single stone unturned with his shoulder mate I pulled out all the stops like I was seeing about unbeknown to the um, the ACC the people that will pay pay for it I was seeing about three specialists at one time but I um, you've seen I, so I, many I, x-rays now you don't even need to talk to the doc you can go yep no that's a hairline at the T6 oh, I did uh, I di- a, I, yeah. when I did this I diagnosed a crack in the rib I well, there you go. Myself. I said to yeah. the team doctor, I was like, is that a crack in the rib? He's like, yeah, it is. Like, this was before the team doctor had seen it. He would have diagnosed it. But um, anyway, we've, I, I spoke to a, a top specialist that I've, you know, that I've used in the past before, actually. He's a bloody good dude, and he loves cycling. He understands the sport. So he was sort of the guy I wanted to speak to, shoulder specialist. And he, um, anyway, all good. Didn't need surgery. Um, just needed a bit of time. I was off the bike, off the I was never off the bike, actually. I did 10 days on the road. Once we found the fracture, I went back on the home trainer. I did about a week on the home trainer. Um, and then I've been on the road since um, just before Christmas. So didn't haven't missed anything, to be honest. Haven't missed anything. And the shoulder's pretty good. I've got full mobility on the bike. I can train like normal. Um, I'm not doing anything. You know, I've missed out on a few summer activities. I'm not playing any golf. Haven't played any backyard cricket. But ultimately, I'm training like normal, like I would be this time of year. And I just decided to remove myself from the New Zealand Cycle Classic because um there's still a risk because it's know. scary as hell i'll tell yeah, you I what, don't, if I put it this way scary. i don't want to fall my shoulder's not ready to be fallen on again so i just removed yeah. the risk um and tried to be responsible to the upcoming season so sorry for everybody that thought they were going to come and there's quite a few people sending messages to the group uh to the social distance podcast um 
social media saying they're looking forward to coming there and seeing you and I, George, and they were plugging us to try and do a live show and all that stuff. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Oh. Sorry. Oh, that's well, it wasn't going to. It wasn't going to anyway. <laughs> it wasn't going to happen anyway. Yeah. I'm saying, but relieved that you're not coming. I was stoked. I tried to I, tell the media that they cut it out of the interview. I did an interview with them, and like they were talking about, like, um, do you cry? <laughs> yeah, they, they asked me if I cried. No, they didn't ask me if I cried. They asked me like, "Am I looking forward to Sam Bully to riding with Sam Bully?" I was like, "Sam Bully, is he doing it?" And I was like, "Sam Bully won't be there. Me or him." one of us will be like i can't work with him and then they didn't really get the joke and they were like oh and then they <laughs> turned, oh no no he's not writing but it's a joke and, and then yeah didn't that would have been so good if it actually if that blew up though if that blew yeah. up and went like yeah i know crazy no i watched the article that i, I watched the on the on the tv they didn't put it in which i was pretty happy about because it's just like one of those gags that i thought would be funny but mm. just went straight over their head and they went oh oh hey why what? not i thought <laughs> One thing I want to ask you boys. Thought you guys did a podcast together. Have you, have you boys like seen? Have you boys seen the uh, Peter Jackson doco on the Beatles yet? The Get no. Back. No. Ah, oh, well, fuck! I should have asked you that before I put it in the as a talking point. It was funny. It was oh. good you because it was the thing. well, it was the leftover footage from this special they did called Get Back in like 1970, and they had all this archival stuff that was just sitting in a locker. So they dug it out, and there's 150 hours of stuff. But, geez, it, the, the big thing that came out of it was Paul McCartney, he was the fucking leader of that band, and they all were just over it. And, like, how annoying that would have been, bloody Yoko, being at every recording session, just sitting next to John Lennon, just a fucking pain in the ass. I can see why Imagine that if Caitlin was just sitting up. in on a podcast. Oh, mate. <laughs> just to... and no, no one had the swingers to say... Mate, she needs to go. Like, this is fucking cramping my style. And there was one, mm. the best bit of the whole thing was when Paul McCartney, he just had enough. Like, you know, George Harrison was giving him the shits. Lennon was fucking useless. Ringo was just spaced out, sitting on his kit. So he just starts strumming this guitar almost in rage. And then he got the beat for the Get Back song. So then he started just humming like, get back. And then that, like, you got to see on camera how it evolved. And I thought that's that's a you, you could get shirts done. It's a motto for life, and it's just strum, and a song will come. Because it's like, mate, you fucking could we it. could we get could we get shirts done? Yeah, just strum, and a song are will come. Sure, are you sure? Are you sure we George. could get? You sure we could get shirts done? Two thousand twenty-four. <laughs> get your orders in now. They are coming. They are. Hey, coming. You know how you had an apocalyptic, um, a correct apocalyptic outlook for two thousand twenty-one. That's right. How Bang are you feeling on. about 2022? <laughs> okay, so 2022, it's going to be a bit rough, folks, for the first three or four months because this COVID thing's going to fucking explode, right? But then it will die off. Then people, like, double, triple vax, boosters, all this shit. By the end of the year, it'll come good. But my gut's going, and I don't want to be like a negative Nancy, but it feels like before COVID, there was always some negative stories, like, around, you know, terrorism and all this other stuff and that just died for like two years like we didn't really hear it i just feel like when the store like the storm's over something is just going to pop up again because we're in the routine now particularly with media is we don't like feel good positive stuff it's like jump from one shit thing to the next and it'll be some other sheep found in cave in new zealand that hasn't been shorn for 10 years kind of yes 
Yes. Okay. I want f- all feel good to wear like. Nah, nah. I I used to try that, and it always lasts a couple of weeks. Like I go, that's it. I'm off the chocolate, and then I just fucking give up. Or, I made know. a New Year's. Did right. you make a New Year's resolution, George? No, uh, no, I'm not big on them, but um, I did have some thoughts on the New Year, I guess, but not necessarily a resolution, but just a just just. Well, share some of those not please, George. things. Just more things how you want to conduct yourself as opposed to, mm. you know, like I feel like there's so many loopholes. If you're like, okay, I'm not going to do this or I'm not, I'm, I am going to do this. Every, like, like one of those punishing things we do, I'm going to push up every day and then it's January 2nd, you do two push ups and then three push ups and four push ups. Mm. Like those things just actually make your life worse. Yeah. Like those are just like burdensome res- resolutions. I, I just thought, I just woke up on this like New Year's Day. Here was just unreal weather. I woke up and I went, just carry your speed into 2022. That's all I was thinking. Like had a good December, struggled to get back up on the foils after after the off season. So November was just headwind, headwind, and then I finally got the boat up on the foils into December. I just thought, just carry the momentum. That's all I could think about. That's it. Mm. It's good. That's what I. We had a big discussion with a group of us that on New Year's Eve about New Year's resolutions and how they're always like something like they're that they're, they're positive, but they've all come from a negative. Like I'm going to yeah. quit smoking, yeah. or I'm going to quit drinking, or I'm going to yeah. exercise, like start exercising, or because and that, that when you're saying those things, it's because you're you've got something negative that you're looking at in your life or whatever. So like I've come to the conclusion that I actually stole it off a friend who wasn't actually there, but so this was like third hand, but it's a fucking great New Year's resolution. resolution. And I'm going to do it. It's basically, the, my New Year's resolution, thanks to my mate Jaya, is I'm just going to do more shit I enjoy. Like, that's it's what good. I'm going to do. Like, if, if, I, if, there, if, if there's something in my life that I enjoy doing, I'm just going to do it more often. I'm just going to do shit I enjoy more often. Mm. Simple. It's good. What about the oh. shit you don't enjoy less often? Like doing hill reps. <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Enjoy <laughs> the Podcast final show with George Bennett. When I when we were when we were trying to decide to, when we were talking about doing the show today, and it was as you got you listeners can imagine, it was back and forward, back and forward. We had that same thing a week ago, but then we decided, look, it's it was we're not gonna do them before New Year's Eve. It's holidays, everyone's on holiday, no one's working, so we were gonna take a little summer break as well. And then we came back today to do the show today. It's the 3rd of December, uh, January. And um, when we were going back and forth, back and forth, I was actually thinking to myself, like, I'm an advocate for another week off because, like, it's the summer holidays. No one in Australia yeah. is working. No one mm. in New Zealand is working. I'm doing fucking two jobs and I'm only getting paid for one of them. Mm. And what, like, we should have just had another week off. I mean, I, I'm happy to be here. I love it. But well, it's you know. like a band aid at times. You just got to rip it off, just get the, get the mic out. Turn the TV off. Just but then I started. The... Then I started to think to myself: all good podcasts aren't doing. All good podcasters aren't doing podcasts at the moment. And I was like, well, we're shit, so we probably should do one. I've got another random thing I want to ask <laughs> you as well. Is you know, I heard a stat the other day, and they said that um, blokes reach their sexual peak at nineteen, and women at thirty-five. And I'm like, oh, that's fair enough. What? You know, whatever. That must put years some ago. strain on relationships. Hey. Then I'm thinking, how do they how do they work that out for starters? Like, is that a survey? Like, do they to the next day they go, you know, how'd you go? Oh, and uh, give yourself 
five out of ten or whatever. Oh, well, mate, you've declined because when you were nineteen, it was just solid tens. But anyway, then I was thinking, like, when do blokes reach their peak at dancing? Because I reckon I reached my Can peak just- at twenty-two, and I just lost all my moves since. Because for blokes, we just dance to attract women, and then once you get a partner or whatever, you don't need to dance anymore. And then when you do mm. dance, like it's not as enjoyable as when you're 20 because you didn't give a fuck. When you get to my age now, like I've lost all my moves. And then when you get real old, you've only got one move, which is the knee drop and the arms come out, you know, and that's it. Whereas women always love to dance, whereas blokes, we, we're not wired like that. No. There's two things on that. That stat, the 19 and 35, explains a lot of the stories about my 19 year old mates when we were 19 going home with 35 year old woman <laughs> and second science yeah it's yeah, biological exactly. it's biological it women aren't ready to women aren't ready to have children when they're 19 and men just like to spray it around but then when women get to their 30s or whatever they're like well it's I'm, i want a nest now you know mm. it'll be far more pro- problematic if it was around the other way if oh yeah if it was men when the you know what i mean yeah, I feel like there'd, it'd be a real problematic if men were running 35 and women were running 19. Um, mm. But the dancing thing, for sure, I used to dance all the time. I'd always just be like, didn't give a fuck. I think, and I just became too self-conscious and now I just shut up shop. As soon as yep. I had a thought that anyone would recognize me anywhere, I shut up shop in a big way. And then... Yep. Um, but like you're right, you'd only dance because it was a way to be a bit of a bloody greasy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> was that the, that's the first C word of the social dancing podcast? We yeah, will we cut, might have to. We, bleep, we will bleep that. We, we will, will bleep that. We will. We will cut that bit out. We'll cut We've that got. Bit out. There yeah, is a that. bar. There is a bar, George. George. Had to happen, eh? I was gonna oh, say, yeah. like, talk amongst yourselves. You know, just you guys I was gonna, yourself. I was I'll gonna say, we should take a moment. I was gonna say, we should reflect on the, you know, the last twelve months of the socialist podcast and how it's growing and how we still haven't delivered any merchandise and how, you know, people have seemed to be enjoying the show and, you know, let's carry that momentum, like George says, like let's hit twenty twenty two at pace and carry it's that so momentum sweet. and continue to develop the show. We have got some developments coming, hopefully, in the next couple of months that, are, yeah. you know, that we'll be able to take. Uh, you know, get deeper into, but the I think we've just sunk it. We've, we've just sunk, sunk it. it all. I tell you what, I just came off the foils. Just came straight off the foils. All because he had to describe. All because he had to describe what he was like on the dance floor. <laughs> that was it. One year old, twenty-one year old. That was it. That's all it took. But oh, no, nah, it's a good geez. point. Good point. Yeah. I remember the best dance move in sale. Um, my old mate Toffer from Mordialli. He uh, the reverse park. Chris Toffer. Just yeah, you throw your hand out, and then one hand would be doing that on the dance floor. That was the number one move. The reverse park. <laughs> Always a winner. The, um, I've got a dance move that got me in a bit of trouble once. Was um, the sprinkler? You know, you'd you'd, oh, you'd yeah, pump yeah. like this, the sprinkler. Mm. So a good story you- is that. Um, it was like a bit of a, a novel, um, novelty move or, you know, and and it was going doing the rounds and um, amongst my friend group. And I was 20 years old or something. No, I must have been 18. And I was coming up 
there was a local race here in Nelson, and all the pros would come. You know, it was like Ralston, Jeremy Yates, all these guys, and um, finished up Tarkia Hill, and I won by like fifty seconds over Ralston, and it's just the young guy. And as a laugh, I knew my mates at the finish line. I start doing the sprinkler like real early, as a celebratory move. Anyway, Ralston had taken some time on the first stage. And I got to the finish line and realized that I'd lost the GC by one second because I'd spent the last 100 meters just from the <laughs> <spring> <laughs> <out>. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> the, the lasso was a good one as well when you'd like be on doing the cowboy and then you'd roll. Oh, that was real creepy. And you'd <laughs> that is full creep. Yeah. yeah. They had a real yeah. sex pest vibe to it, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Big time. Do you reckon, do you reckon men are maybe more arrogant than women? Like women are a bit more modest. And so, like, as we get older, like mm. when you get to your 35s, and you know you've just maybe you've established yourself and you're successful and you got a bit of money or something and you like you just go to nightclubs or bars and you just get like an expensive bottle of Pinot and you just sit there and go I don't dance mate I got I got a million bucks yeah yeah, yeah 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 whereas whereas women are like I don't give a fuck how much money you got mate let's get in, I just want to have fun have a laugh yeah. girls just want to have fun there's too True. much ego attached to the to the male side now too many too much insecurity yeah. or whatever I mean that's my issue I mean that's why I don't do it. Just, mm. But but it's like almost animalistic, like particularly if there's a couple of guys on the dance floor that know what they're doing, you know, you know mm. they're going to show you up, so you just don't want to go there. It's like they've already mm. got the prey and they they they're done. Why would you actually? Another speaking of great dance moves, one thing that has come back in my life recently, and Buell's seen it come out a few times. It's just the front kick. Like <laughs> oh, a actual, front kick. Just a front kick when it's like a jump when it's like a jump on him. Or, you know, some kind of power ballad, and it's just a bit that's, you know, you just fist pump and, yeah. a, and a front kick. Yeah. yeah. The front kick's yeah. great, eh? There, there's so many good mm. front kick songs where you're just like, mm. yeah, front kick. <laughs> front, <laughs> front kick. <laughs> I used to do the Atari karate dance move. Remember the old Ataris? And they had the karate guys that used to come out and back. I used mm. to do that, staggered on the dance floor. I got a couple of last one years. <laughs> Oh, there's rippers. Oh, we could do a oh, whole yeah. bloody yeah. 10 minutes on some of the classic dance moves from the late 90s, early 2000s. For sure. This is what happens in December and January when there's no cycling, no pro cycling on air. We're just getting broad and dance move chat, which is, mm. yeah. which is good. But um, how do people enter this competition for the new intro? Bill's just messages, uh, Instagram, Twitter. God, I don't know. How, how do they send us? How do they send us an intro? No, no, they make a video like fifteen seconds to thirty seconds. The new intro to the potty, and the best one will pick and we'll send them a jersey. So just yeah, send right. it to us on social media send because to, this, yeah. the sooner we get something that George likes, because George, you'll have to pick it because you're the one that wanted the mm. old one in the bin, and you're going to mm. send him the jersey. So you're doing essentially all the work. Um, yeah, I think it'd be good. Should we should we get right. them to send should we get them to DM them DM the um Instagram's better, but we I have some people that do uh, that follow us don't have Instagram. They've got only Twitter. So I always try to I always do both on things, but it's better to mm. message us on Instagram. Mm. Should they send us a private message with the intro they've made or should they post it on their own? Post it on their own and, and then we'll it. share we'll share it as like video number 1, video number 2 and then we'll have a fan vote. That's it. That's good. All right. Sweet. Um, all right, boys. I'm going to go and... Um... Enjoy your life. Keep yeah. sailing with the wind, yeah. mate. Just keep doing what you enjoy. Try and get back on the foils. Yeah. That's it. Right, guys. Thanks very much. See you in a couple of weeks, I suppose. Like, share, subscribe. It's going to sound less enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs>